Welcome to the Artist Engineer Podcast. Join me, Tony Tran. And me, Bill Robert Kashi. Along with our amazing guests, as we explore how people's inner artist and inner engineer present themselves in their technical careers, in the art they create, and most importantly, in living creative lives. Well, welcome to the closing show of 2021, which we are labeling Hot Toddies with Tony and Bill. And this is the second Hot Toddies year-ending show we've done. So it's become now, I'd say, a tradition. So that's kind of fun. And it has been an interesting year. I imagine you'd agree with that. Interesting, unpredictable. It's uh, good to look back. Yeah. An interesting thing for this time of the year, as many people do, is you look back and you also try to look ahead. And, uh, and as we said, it's been so much uncertainty in the world. It feels like you can't even look ahead a couple of days, but we are actually going to talk a little bit about 2022 and what we hope that might look like for ourselves. But more broadly, the idea of setting intentions or specific goals or having some sort of plan. And what do we even mean by that? Maybe defining it a little bit. And is it worth doing? (laughs) Because plans uh, sometimes go awry. So, So that's the topic. But first, Tony, cheers. Cheers. Raise your glass to 21. 2021 and looking forward to 2022. For those of you who don't know, hot toddies are very simple. Hot water, some brown liquor, honey, and lemon. It's delicious. Mm, it is. It is. And good for the, the, the radio voice. <laughs> okay. So intentions, goal setting, planning. What do you think of when, when those things come to mind, Tony? So intentions and goals is probably the difference for discussion. But uh, I think we know what goals are. It's very specific. We have these models like SMART goals that you may hear about at work, um, S-M-A-R-T, which is an acronym for specific, measurable, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But intentions, probably a little bit more vague, a little bit more long-term. If anything, for me, it is almost setting up like a North Star and more long-term where the goals might be milestones to get you there, keeping kind of uh, your, your values, your kind of your long-term plan in place. And to your point, we'll get into all this. Is it useful to do? I think yes. How do you go about it? Uh, you know, is it long-term, meaning 10 years from now, five years from now? Oh, we'll get into it. Can you set intentions for the, for the month, for the day? Maybe, maybe not. Uh, but uh, um, I think it's very valuable. This is the end of the year. So you know, we have New Year's resolutions. It's very kind of typical intention, maybe even a goal. If we understand the framework of intentions or kind of how they might help you, maybe even the, we'll, you know, we'll have a better way we can approach uh, these New Year's resolutions, which are kind of big things, big intentions that, uh, as, as people know, often fail. Maybe it's because we don't think about them the right way. The New Year's resolution, it's become a thing where people almost set themselves up for failure with it. I'm curious to why that is, right? I love the story of like going to the gym in January around the city for a number of years. And I could always see the gym membership filling up and more people in the gym for about a month. And then it would kind of settle down again, right? Uh, I'd like to kind of get into that a little, which is kind of why do they fail? I think that's kind of interesting. But I think you're right about intentions being kind of a North Star and goals being 
more specific. I mean, I'm a big fan of smart goals, being specific, being measurable, and being time bound. So I think that really does move you forward and then being able to break things up into smaller chunks. But that intention is, I think of it as direction. So I think the North Star is a great example. And we've had this conversation about Hunter S. Thompson giving advice to a friend and saying, is it better to swim towards something or just float along? And, uh, and we both you know, had differing opinions on that. And sometimes you could just float in a direction and then you could be opportunistic about what comes up, you know, which little paradise island you should hop on board. So all those things come to mind. So I think we're going to unpack a little of this. I think I know how you are, knowing you're a little more structured than me in terms of how you go about setting these and, and going about doing them. Thanks, Bill. I have... Um... A model that I'm not, I'm not even sure where I picked it up, but this must have been like 10 years ago. I've been kind of using it for, uh, for the past 10 years. Um, and it is a little bit, um, uh, the idea is this, every day uh, I want to do something physical, something mental, like intellectual, and something social, kind of a balance. And that's a, a daily thing. The idea is if you set up your day to be your perfect day, you know, something physical, something mental, something, something social, and then you have a string of those and you have a perfect week, perfect month, perfect life. Of course, perfect is, is. <laughs> but the idea is it's a day at a time uh, and it's just the structure of it, uh, something physical, something mental, something social. Uh, those are the values that I think are, are good for me in the balance. And then inside of each of those, like a, a mental goal might be a career goal, physical goal might be a New Year's resolution, uh, you know, on 100 pull-ups or something. Bicycle 100 miles, which is a goal this summer, just out of nowhere. Very good. What you accomplished. Which I accomplished. Well done. Well, well done. <laughs> Thank you. Um, this is a whole nother topic about um, we think we're capable of much less than we're capable of, but we'll save that for another, another time. <laughs> so when you said, how do I go about setting intentions? At least that's my framework. I often come back to the framework, a balanced set of intentions. We're not just talking about career. We're not, not just talking about money. I think you have a, a, a model as well that, that you mentioned to me around um, looking at your intentions, your, your kind of future holistically um, as well. You want to share? What came to mind, and particularly the word balance came to mind, which I think is an interesting word. And I'm a big believer in, in a balanced life. And, and you mentioned three things. And I often think of uh, in kind of the coaching world, there's a coaching tool called the Wheel of Life, which is you know basically a pie chart with various things like what are you giving back to your community? How is your health? How are your finances? How's your romantic life? How are your friends and family relationships? There's a couple more in there that I forget, but they, and they they vary. So so I do try to think of it that way, and I think I don't know if I've been intentional through my whole life on that front, but but I've tended to keep things pretty well balanced, and I've seen people come on the other side of that saying, you, you'll never accomplish anything kind of great. Can you really start, you know, a Tesla or something, you know, if you're not going 120 hours a week and all that kind of stuff? I don't know if I want to do that. So I'm not sure, you know, that would be my way of doing it. I actually find a balance to life very fulfilling. So, so, so that'd be kind of the model I go about, but I can't say that I do it in a very intentional way. It just seems like something that's maybe, maybe I notice if I'm out of balance, 
you know, so you maybe just an awareness of if you're working too much or if you're not connecting to family or doing something, there's something missing and you, you realize you have to kind of rebalance your, uh, your life portfolio. Yeah. I mean, even noticing it is a good first step. You know, what do they say? The first step to solve a problem is to admit you have a problem. Mm. <laughs> Not that that's a problem. Uh, and, you know, I would say many people don't notice when they're out of balance. Don't, uh, you know, even one step kind of further away from intentions, you know, they're, they're, they live their day, they live their life, they live their career, and it's just kind of happening to them. They, they haven't, you know, and then they may, it may be a happy life, career, day, uh, but they didn't, they didn't decide. It's just kind of like they kind of fell into it. If we are to set intentions, you know, really think of it as long-term North Star direction, it maybe helps more to think about setting the intention to follow a process instead of achieve a goal. So as an example, you know, I don't want to lose 20 pounds this year, but, you know, I want to uh, uh, three days out of the week do at least 10 minutes of physical activity. Um, uh, and then the, the result will follow, I hope. For creativity, uh, you know, we talked about in our podcast, uh, creative people also have to have structure to produce. You know, they can't just uh, have uh, uh, imagination and great ideas. We're, I know we're going to get into this. Uh, writers, for example, uh, in, uh, you know, sit down, they have a schedule. I'm going to sit at my typewriter. No, not typewriter, of course, laptop. <laughs> uh, from from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m., whatever that time frame is like best for their individual productivity. Maybe it's in the evening, maybe it's morning. And uh, that's the first step. You know, I'm just going to sit in front of the laptop. You know, they might have secondary goals. I'm going to write a thousand words or something. But the first step is just like following the process. Uh, and I really believe that, honestly. There's a book called uh, Atomic Habits. I was going to call it Tiny Habits. Mm. And uh, big things start with little things. We're going to be very trite. I'm going to be very trite in this episode. One a journey of a thousand miles starts with one step. All these things are, are very, very true uh, in my experience. Why do they fail? It's, we're thinking about the end goal. I think we're successful because you don't know what the end goal will be. Nobody can predict it. Nobody can guarantee it. It's just to be like, I want to be a person who is active three days a week instead of I want to be a triathlete or something like that. I, I think that really helps. Uh, it, it makes the mental hurdle of setting intentions very small. Uh, and for, for me, I know the psychological hurdle is almost the, the biggest hurdle to achieve anything. You have to apply effort to whatever you're trying to accomplish. And sometimes that bigger goal seems like a lot of effort. Mm. As you said, you know, I want to whatever, ride a hundred miles, you know, you, you could be like, well, that's never going to happen or lose this weight or learn this skill. And that reminds me of something I, I heard this year, which uh, wrote a blog post about it, um, the four powers of effort. Mm. Um, it was in a, a Buddhist meditation course. And, and it'd be about anything about meditating for what they were talking about. But, but I really thought about it and thought about when I've learned a new skill or accomplished something, it took some effort to do it. And often harder things do take a little effort. So when do you apply the effort? When don't you? And the first power of effort was motivation or aspiration. So coming up with the correct motivation or aspiration on why you want to do something, that's that kind of bigger goal, but it has to be something that kind of motivates you. And then this consistency that you're talking about, doing it, even if it's in small amounts every day, little by little. And at first, maybe you feel pretty lousy at it, doing it, even 10 minutes of exercise might hurt a little bit. But over time, you start feeling stronger, you feel more confident at it. 
and you can even do a little bit more and you start actually enjoying it and you'd almost miss it if you didn't do it. And I think that's often what people tell you about many things like that. Right. And then knowing to when to relax is the final fourth one. But I just thought that was such a great model as well. And figuring out what that motivation, that's the starter part, right? You have to figure out why you're actually going to do something. Why do you want to learn this? Why do you want to do this? What's the benefit? Yeah, no, I think it's a great model because it, it, it goes back to our, our comment about balance. You know, it's uh, uh, some motivation, some effort, some rest, uh, you know, all those things are, are important. Um, and then going back to what you said about motivation for us, I mean, just to take it into one specific example about career, I often, I think we don't think enough about our career, like what we really want out of it. What I mean very specifically is many of us, uh, I'm, uh, I'm talking to um, several other peers at kind of my stage in my career, you know, we're kind of uh, leaders, want to be executives, C-level people, et cetera. That's almost like a default path, a ladder, you know, climbing the ladder. But why are you doing that? Is it because of your family history, your family values? Is it because you never thought about it? As I said, sometimes you just fall into like a, a life. Is it because you want to change the world? You know, you want to be an entrepreneur, CEO. Those are completely different things. But if you don't think about it, you're, you're caught in, I think what a lot of my peers are talking about now and discussing um, in, our, in, our, in our peer group here is that I just signed up for double the salary. I never needed that salary. I have a good salary. Uh, signed up for double the work. <laughs> I didn't realize I was a trade off my family and my friends uh, to like, to just be mildly successful here. But what was like, what did I get out of it? You know, is it because of mm-hmm. the money? Is it because of the title? Is it because of the power? I, I don't know. But uh, if, you, if you're not careful, you, you, you do get caught in these things. And I think it's very difficult for a career, uh, uh, both late and early, now that I'm thinking about it, uh, to really think clearly about what you want um, out of life uh, or out of your career. Uh, and so, mm. uh, you know, just specific examples, uh, my, I myself and many of uh, those other peers are saying uh, that ladder going up is not the right path. Maybe uh, we have to go sideways. You know, we're balancing out uh, our social, our mental health, and we're satisfied with all the kind of the monetary gains and the kind of the, mm. the social gains of, of that. And we want to do something, you know, whatever that has a greater good or just something that we're, as you, uh, you use the word motivation, but passionate about or interested in. So what you said about motivation was really, really powerful for yeah, I like that. And I think you're right. I think particularly in the time we're living in, people are really thinking about their careers and what, what's important and not just on that track and ladder, as you say. And if you haven't thought about it, it's a great question to ask because it may just be that you're bored with the work you're doing now, but a, a lateral move into a different environment mm-hmm. could be interesting, challenging, and more fulfilling without giving you the stress and all the other things that, that come with it. Something else you said there about if you have a plan, I mean, so there's one part of just going along and Mm -hmm. maybe being an opportunistic or maybe just getting caught up in the current and the flow of your life and career and it just happens, which can work out depending on how self-aware you are and how you judge and make decisions maybe. But you could also have a real goal because thought, this is what I want. Think about this with many of my lawyer friends. You know, become lawyers because you know they their idea of what a lawyer is. You go through all this, you become a lawyer, and then you get there and you're like, "Oh, I'm not very happy at this." <laughs> you know, so you know, so there's that. That's actually you know, becoming a lawyer or becoming a partner at the firm or become 
that that can be very goal oriented. You put a lot of thought into getting there and doing it, and then arrive and be like, "Wow, this sucks." <laughs> so and that's the other part of, uh, of of planning being maybe too attached to a plan or to a goal, and not being aware enough to to notice something doesn't feel right getting there. Maybe I would say a majority of people are in this mindset through our education system or otherwise. Uh, again, maybe this is a topic for another <laughs> conversation. But um, back to our topic, intentions. Maybe we can talk about how, you said structure, practices, techniques about how uh, we might go about this to, as you said, to kind of, just in case, uh, break out of a default track. Do you have any uh, kind of suggestions here? I always go back to questions and that's maybe my coaching hat in mind. And, and uh, um, I've used that with some of my clients in terms of uh, 21 questions you could ask yourself at the end of the year. So you're reflecting back on what's gone on so far, what kind of things you might want to do. You know, There's the classic, if money isn't an object, what would I be doing or those kind of things. So I think those are important. I think questions, you know, so it's whether it's someone asking you the question, whether you actually spending some time journaling around some of these kind of questions. There are plenty of them out there. And on my blog, uh, I have some listed, but you can find them. That's actually really valuable. And then once again, talking to accountability, if you can say them out loud to someone, that's really valuable too, because then you can actually have a dialogue, even if it's a good friend to unpack them with. It's like, hey, you know, I, you know, maybe 10 of these didn't mean a thing to me, but this one actually really resonated. And what am I doing right here? Why am I doing it? So I think those are huge. And, and that's not an everyday process. That, that could be an annual thing or, or kind of a, uh, a semi-annual if you are someone who's pretty structured in setting goals and, and, and trying to follow something, seeing if you're on the right path. So that's what comes to mind, though, is, is really being asked or asking yourself kind of why you're doing something. Are you happy doing it? Are you enjoying it? Are there other things you could be doing or should be doing with your time? Yeah, asking the right questions is really important, but the, the process of like the word is baked into our episode here, being intentional, you know, you have to set aside time to like just step away from the day-to-day uh, to look at it. I might say that you can do this daily, <laughs> but also that's a, an exaggeration. Uh, you can do something daily, but it may not be the, at the level of intentions. I think that uh, if you have this framework in mind, like asking questions, uh, I think it scales. I mean, in my, in my practices, uh, I scale. There's something you can do every day, something you can do every week, every month, every quarter, every year, a New Year's resolution. The process is actually very much the same. It's just a different scale. I'll just mention a few, and I hope it's not going to be too frustrating for people listening because I won't go into any detail, but I'm sure we can Google it uh, or put it in the show notes. Mm-hmm. On a daily basis, there's a practice called MIT's Most Important Tasks, and this really helped me picking the one or two or three things you want to accomplish that day, uh, regardless of, of anything else, the things that you think are important. So you don't get lost in emails and in like in Slack and those type of things. If you can get those one or two or three things done, it's, it's a good day. Even if it takes an hour to do it first thing in the morning, the better thing actually is just to put those one or two things down at night. And then for me, uh, my sleep is very peaceful. It's not, it's out of your head in, on a piece of paper somewhere. But that process is the same for me on a weekly basis. There's something called a weekly review where I'm saying, what do I want to accomplish this week? Taking a step back so don't get just caught up in the whirlwind of Monday. Um, I used to do a monthly review. I used to have a desk pad 
a monthly calendar. And uh, when I flipped the page, tore off the page, I would say what I want to accomplish this month. And it was always on my desk. Quarterly review, I haven't done this, but there is a book out called The 90-Day Year. This is a business book. The idea is 12 months is too far to plan. Just plan a quarter at a time, 90 days. Uh, what are your business goals, et cetera? And just uh, kind of replan every quarter, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. I think it's valuable to like um, not wait. You know, it's, we call it steering the car. You want to make kind of minor corrections all the time instead of just when you're ready to cr- crash off the road uh, and ask yourself these big questions. <laughs> so that's my practice. I want to share those things. Uh, happy to put references into our show notes. I certainly think, uh, as you say, writing things down, journaling or, or is certainly a, a daily practice that I've kind of gotten into and more of a reflective than planning. And, and you're right. There are things I do every day. I'm going to meditate every morning when I wake up and there's certain intentions that are set in that, but they're less eye-focused and don't mm-hmm. just trying to lose the eye and, and look out at others. So, But maybe there's some daily work in there for planning I could do or structure to, to, to accomplish some other things. So uh, I will try that in the new year. Maybe. <laughs> that's, that's a great point. What you said about like less eye-focused, uh, just for my own personal anecdotes, my daily tasks are very much eye-focused, almost like, like work stuff, even like non-work stuff, but things I need to get done. But when it gets to monthly, I fall back to that framework I mentioned in the beginning. Uh, I might have uh, a monthly kind of objective intention process for social things, mental, intellectual things, like maybe starting this podcast, uh, physical things as well. Around the month timeframe is when um, that kind of like the bigger picture tends to come in for me. Uh, but you're right. This can't be all about just like, what do I want, I want to accomplish this month? You know, get a raise. Can be if, if it's, I want to remove everyone's suffering and make people feel peaceful and happy, right? That's, <laughs> that would take some effort. That's what the goal is. <laughs> that does take effort. Exactly. Just one last thing. Just as a mental model, we have a question that I don't use on a regular basis, but I keep it in mind. There's this uh, study uh, about people who are unfortunately like about to pass away, and they ask, "What what do you regret, regret in life?" It's mostly, "I wish I spent time more time with my family. I wish I spent more time with the thing I love to do." And it wasn't like, "I wish I got the promotion," or "I wish I I never got to be CEO." That's almost never that. Yeah. Asking yourself, how are you spending your time? Yeah. Time is maybe the, the most precious commodity we have. So how are you spending your time? I think is, is similar to that, right? Is this how I sh- want to be spending my time? So, uh, so yeah, I, I think that's a great reflection and a great motivator as well. Yeah. You, you mentioned also a model to me about, um, I, I think you can probably phrase it better than me, but uh, you know, tomorrow isn't guaranteed for us. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, obviously, in the the uh, time we're living in, where uh, uh, COVID time and pandemic, obviously, things feel dire. So it's hard to be hopeful in some ways, but or optimistic. But try, and, and that is kind of I think one of the things that can make you appreciate the present moment in your life and all the good things you do have is is uh, knowing that tomorrow isn't guaranteed. You know, one of the I guess the second. Uh, of the uh, Buddhist meditations is uh, is the meditation on death. Mm. The first one is you have a precious human life. How great this is! And the second one to hit you with is you can die at any moment. Like oh wow, thanks Buddha. <laughs> and, uh, and but it's actually to motivate you a little bit. It's like so how are you spending your time, <laughs> right? Which is pretty good. Tomorrow's not guaranteed, Bill. <laughs> no, and 
And then I also have an app on my phone called We Croak. We Croak. Yes, which just gives you a little quote about death and it gives you five reminders a day. Oh, no. And supposedly there's a, uh, a tradition out in uh, the East, uh, I don't think it's Buddhism, but it's if you're reminded of death five times a day, it brings you joy. To, uh, so, uh, so it gives you a little reminder. So that's technology helping a little. Mm. Does it help you? Sometimes, sometimes. So we, we talked about planning a career, having a real goal, like being a lawyer. And I mentioned uh, all the unhappy lawyers I know, uh, not all of them, but some. So should you plan particularly your career in that level of detail with that type of a, a goal? What, what are your thoughts on that? I think it's valuable, but everything we said is, is also true. Uh, you can plan, you can set intentions, but you, know, you can't trust that you'll actually hit your mark or your goal, lose 20 pounds or whatever. I'll tell you, when I was younger, I had several plans. I was going to re- retire by 35. I was going to be a millionaire by 30. I was going to live in New York City, San Francisco, Hawaii before I was 30, like I stuck in New York City. All those things didn't work out, <laughs> to be fair, but I'm still planning those things. You know, Not those things, but different things. Those are all just setting intentions. Uh, you know. I don't know if for other people that's disappointing, but for me, it's like fun. I mean, I didn't get there, but I made some strides. The process was there. You know, I, was, uh, I learned about money, for example. I moved to New York on that premise, and I got stuck here because I love New York, stuck in a good way. I didn't want to leave. Um, all those things were positive outcomes out of quote-unquote failure, didn't follow through the plan. Today, I have more plans, retire early. Howard Robot talked about that. I'm with him 100%. Mm-hmm. Financial independence, retire early. Um, all those are my plans. All those give us kind of uh, a rudder, a path, a North Star, whatever we want to call it. Without that, if things work out, you're lucky, thankfully. If things don't work out, you know, it's, uh, so I think it's, it's good. I mean, what do you think about achieving your intentions or not achieving them? What, what do you think? Several things. So uh, some of the things that you said that you had plans to, you know, a millionaire at 35 and retire and live here and there. Uh, it's another one of these little elements of our lives that I always find so curious that uh, we're, uh, we're very alike in many ways, we're very different. It, I had no plans at all and, uh, and then got married very young. And, and at the wedding, as I was getting married very young, my uh, ex-wife now, uh, uncle shook my hand and he said, you are going to get a job, right? <laughs> so I, I really didn't have a lot of plans back then. <laughs> so, but when I look back to something you said, maybe in one of our episodes, our recent episodes about um, when you look back on the, the little connection points and the choices made, they kind of make sense. You reflect back on things. And so, you know, so, so yeah, you know, planning for a promotion or, you know, a, a short kind of jump here or there or a change, certainly planned in that way, but a lot more was being open to opportunities and then being aware of myself of what would, where my strengths were and what I'd be good at and where I would fit in and culturally and what I'd enjoy and whatever I could add value. And that was kind of the career part of it. And similarly with life, you know, in terms of people who've come in and out of my life, 
A lot of it is uh, making choices around kind of opportunities in that way. I had you know my own business years ago and started it very much in an opportunistic way. Wasn't thinking about it, but it made sense when the opportunity came up because what I was doing, working for somebody, wasn't making me happy. And that tension right there was like, okay, well, do I keep doing this or, oh, I could go do this? So I think there's a little bit of both. You know, I think you're right about the direction, you know, the intention of you want to keep growing, being challenged, move up in your career, and then looking and being open to what the opportunities are. And then sometimes if you, you really are clear on what it is, you can really plan a couple steps in advance. But for me, it was less about, you know, being three or five steps out as it was being nimble and uh, understanding myself and, and the opportunities as they presented themselves. Makes sense. When did you get an understanding of yourself? You got married very young. You didn't, didn't have plans. And now you seem very aware, self-aware. Mm. When, when did this? Uh... I was pretty self-aware back then, but I, I certainly didn't have plans. Okay. <laughs> so I think, but I think you're right. I think back, you know, getting married young, I think that was uh, of the time was just kind of a, what I knew is I wanted to grow up fast. So that was a little bit of an awareness and that was happening to me even at a very young age. I was, I felt much more mature than my age, almost at every part of my life, even as a small child. So, uh, so, so that was driving me forward pretty quickly. And uh, so I wanted life to start mm. and life at the time I was uh, growing up was getting married and then having kids and getting a job. And, and that was a life. It wasn't spending, you know, years in academia. It wasn't spending, you know, it, so that to me was kind of a very traditional idea of what life was. So I think that's a little bit of following that, that path, like you said, or the flow of the current that you're in mm. as compared to deciding, is this what I want to do? And it's all worked out actually very, very well for me in many ways. So, so I, I can't you know, say this is totally what you should do, but this goes back to that floating or swimming. Like if you don't particularly have, like, I want to go do this, well, then floating with the current and looking for opportunities isn't a bad way to go either. And then- when did I start asking myself more questions? I'd say that's more in the last 10 or 20 years, you know, the, the, the uh, kind of maybe it's being a little closer to midlife and you start, you have a little more uh, experience and a little more time to, or awareness to reflect and ask, is this making me happy or is this serving me? Is this where I want to be? That's, that's very fair because often um, what we say about like stepping back and thinking about your North Star we, uh, we do say that with the benefit of our experience, 20, 25, 30 years of experience. And when I ask younger people to say, you know, think about the long-term, I mean, it's asking too much, I'll be honest. They, they, everyone needs the experience, as you said, to kind of give them context and, and also to understand what they like and don't like. But you can't, you can't like guess that, what your passion is out of like nothingness. So um, this, this time in your life where, uh, maybe in your early career, early life, marriage, those type of things. It's almost a requirement, I think, uh, to you know experience things. Uh, we call it setting intentions and failing uh, as well. Uh, those are all learning experiences. You call it floating and swimming. All right. Well, should we share a little? What do you, what are your intentions? You want to set an intention here on the uh, <laughs> um, on the show yes. that, that our audience will hold you accountable to. <laughs> yes, let me let me try to follow my own 
uh, model here, something personal, something physical, something social, uh, not personal, sorry, something uh, physical, something mental, intellectual, and something social. I mentioned to you recently, uh, Bill, I really think I'm going to be serious about a career pivot, uh, which is what I have put in as an objective of this podcast. I want everybody to have a good boss. So for me personally, this, this podcast is a part of that, uh, whether we talk about management or, or otherwise. Back to the intention. I think I'm going to really take seriously this um, getting the credentials, getting the experience of coaching, uh, training in that area. All my experience has been through kind of work experience as a technology manager uh, and, uh, and through personal research. I've been very happy with that, but uh, let's, let's take it seriously. Just like I took learning how to manage seriously, just like I took learning how to be a good, good architect seriously, I'm going to take that very seriously in 2022. Something social and something physical, I think are unfortunate times those things are going to go together. So <laughs> uh, I'll follow what I said. Uh, I want to focus on the process. And so I keep, for example, a weekend tracker. I don't know if I told you what I do every weekend. Uh, I've done this since the pandemic. And I look at that reflecting and saying, I spent four weeks like doing nothing for whatever circumstance. And then sometimes in the summer, especially, I was like, oh, every weekend I've, I met somebody, I, I did a physical bike ride, et cetera. So um, my intention in both of those areas, I think, is I want to fill my weekends. Talking about death, there's another model about like how many weekends you have left in, the, in your life, about a couple thousand only. Don't want to waste those weekends. Um, make sure that like, looking ahead, I don't have as many, quote unquote, empty weekends as this, this past year. Uh, as we said, a vague direction, but I think the process will get me there. All right, great, great. Hope I inspired somebody there, Bill. What what are you? What are your intentions? I'm inspired. No one else. I'm inspired <laughs> on all the different systems and uh, that keep you on track. I'm not the least stop one of them. Not just keep <laughs> wandering around. So we have a, a future guest coming up, which will kick the new year off with that we've done the interview with Joby Harris, who's a a visual strategist for NASA, a super interesting person. But he, he uh, is an artist by trade. And uh, he said something about people uh, with lots of wonderful ideas, imaginations, uh, probably like himself, um, who maybe need to be a little more productive. They want to try to keep themselves on track to create. And we've talked about that before. And we've, I think, had other guests where they kind of asked, well, artist engineer, okay, like, do you have an artistic outlet? And I have a lot of different ideas, you know, and one idea leads to the next. I mean, I have a whole idea for a whole musical production, but I don't play any music. But beyond not learning how to play the music that I want to create, I also think I could do stop action motion video to create music videos with it, but that would take a whole nother thing. And so, so there's a lot of ideas going on, but I need to actually put some productivity to some of these ideas. So I, I have a couple artistic and creative pursuits that I want to actually uh, spend some time doing. The other thing I think about in terms of being balanced or out of balance is consuming compared to producing mm. on the creative front. And this podcast is part of creation, but, but I uh, want to get a little more artistic with it. So that's for, that's for my 2022. What's the, uh, the quote from Ron Diori you always say? Imagination plus productivity equals creativity. It's the productivity. That's the theme that. Yes, that's the thing that's missing right here. So, uh, so got to add that in. All right. Well, this has been a lot of fun. It's been amazing. And 
I'm wishing you and our audience a happy holiday and a happy new year. Same, looking ahead and also looking back. Thank you, Bill, being able to work with you and talk to our guests in this podcast. We are always surprised, I am, about the feedback we get, how each guest resonates or uh, affects our audience in different ways. Uh, what I think is a small comment, uh, people come back and say that really uh, meant a lot to me. So thank you for giving me the opportunity to work with a good partner uh, to really help, uh, help our world in 2022. It has been a pleasure. Thanks, Bill. Take care. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. You can email us at podcast at theartistengineer.com if you have show ideas or want to follow up with feedback or just want to say hi. We'd love to hear from you, so feel free to connect. You can find more information about this episode in the show notes at www.theartistengineer.com. And finally, if you enjoyed the show, please leave an iTunes review as it helps the show get discovered by more people and also hit the subscribe button.